Gentlemen, it is day 30. In this final week here, we're looking at mobilizing ourselves for ministry, and I asked you to pray about this at the beginning of the onset of the week. And then yesterday, we talked a little bit about uh, how we self-disqualify and how we need to stop doing that, that there is nothing that's more defeating than self-defeating thoughts. Therefore, we need to stop disqualifying us from the ministry that God has called us to. So hopefully, you're on the path toward doing that, Uh, silencing the voice of untruth in your own heart and mind. Uh, Today, I want to look at taking this one step further, and it really still is a preliminary step before we dive into naming and explaining and reclaiming our call to ministry. Uh, I want you to think about this today. I think that men far too often overcomplicate our call to ministry simply because we think that ministry is like something you do after you've had a career, or maybe in place of a career. We hear often about people going to a quote-unquote mission field out there somewhere and assume that the mission field is somewhere else outside of our own context, and that it requires a ton of preparation, and that there's only a few that do this. And this is a serious misunderstanding that we have that complicates this whole thing. Ministry is not something that you do as a vocation, even though some people do it as a vocation. (laughs) It's not something to do when you're prepared. In fact, there are many examples of people in the Bible who weren't prepared for ministry and just went out and did it. Also, ministry is not optional. This meaning Everybody is required to do it because ministry is a lordship issue, meaning if you've surrendered your life to Jesus Christ and he is your Lord, then you report to him and must do what he wants you to do. And one of the things he wants you to do is to engage in ministry as designed for you. Gentlemen, every one of you have been called into ministry in a unique way, and All God is doing is repurposing everything that was natural to give it supernatural impact and purpose. Did you hear that? What God does when you begin a relationship with him is he repurposes all of your life. He takes everything that you already had and he had already designed and built into you and now repurposes it for kingdom influence. This means that you can do ministry today using the same skills that you've always had, but now they're repurposed as kingdom instruments to accomplish God's will. Now, you may be asking, how do I do that? And we're going to talk about that over the next few days. We're going to talk about naming it, explaining it, and reclaiming it for kingdom purposes. So hang with me on this. Uh, Today, there's not a lot of homework for you. I just uh, simply want you to embrace these thoughts that God has designed you exactly the way He wants you to be, and that He has called you to ministry And then with me today, I pray that you'll be joining me in prayer, and you'll be reading the scripture along with me. And if you're reading with me, just hang on a couple of seconds. I'll be right back with you. Today's reading is from Proverbs chapter 23. When you sit to dine with a ruler, note well what is before you, and put a knife to your throat if you are given to gluttony. Do not crave his delicacies, for that food is deceptive. Saying 8. Do not wear yourself out to get rich. Do not thrust your own cleverness. K. 
cast but a glance at riches, and they are gone, for they will surely sprout wings and fly off to the sky like an eagle. Saying 9. Do not eat the food of a begrudging host. Do not crave his delicacies, for he is the kind of person who is always thinking about the cost. Eat and drink, he says to you, but his heart is not with you. You will vomit up the little you have eaten, and you will have wasted your compliments. Saying 10. Do not speak to fools, for they will scorn your prudent words. Saying 11. Do not move an ancient boundary stone or encroach on fields of the fatherless, for their defender is strong. He will take up their case against you. Saying 12. Apply your heart to instruction and your ears to words of knowledge. Saying 13. Do not withhold discipline from a child. If you punish them with a rod, they will not die. Punish them with a rod and save them from death. Saying 14. My son, if your heart is wise, then my heart will be glad indeed. My inmost being will rejoice when your lips speak what is right. Saying 15, do not let your heart envy sinners, but always be zealous for the fear of the Lord. There is surely a future hope for you, and your hope will not be cut off. Saying 16, listen, my son, and be wise, and set your heart on the right path. Do not join those who drink too much wine or gorge themselves on meat, for drunkards and gluttons become poor, and drowsiness clothes them in rags. Saying 17. Listen to your father who gave you life, and do not despise your mother when she's old. Buy the truth, and do not sell it. Wisdom, instruction, and insight as well. The father of a righteous child has great joy. A man who fathers a wise son rejoices in him. May your father and mother rejoice. May she who gave you birth be joyful. Saying 18. My son, give me your heart and let your eyes delight in my ways. For an adulterous woman is a deep pit and a wayward wife is a narrow well. Like a bandit, she lies in wait and multiplies the unfaithful among men. Saying 19. Who has woe? Who has sorrow? Who has strife? Who has complaints? Who has needless bruises? Who has bloodshot eyes? Those who linger over wine, who go to sample bowls of mixed wine. Do not gaze at wine when it is red, when it sparkles in the cup, when it goes down smoothly. In the end, it bites like a snake and and poisons like a viper. Your eyes will see strange sights and your mind will imagine confusing things. You will be like one sleeping on the high seas, lying on top of rigging. They hit me, you will say, but I'm not hurt. They beat me, but I do not feel it when I wake up so I can find another drink.